0: So, Melissa, how are you feeling? Let's just start there and let's let everybody know where you're at today.
1: I am a three out of ten on the how much of a human am I scale. (laughs) I have been sick since Thursday uh, and have not slowed down to rest yet, uh, as we'll get into when we talk about uh, our weeks. So I am struggling. I'm, I'm pulling myself up by my bootstraps and my bra straps, and I'm trying to keep myself together. But as Kurt can see, I literally could not be bothered to even take my beanie off to record with you. But I did. I, I physically had to give myself a pep talk to get into the shower (laughs) okay so we've gotten that far but i am i you you can't see it but i'm literally surrounded by two bottles of water i have a thermos full of hot ginger and lemon and i'm sitting by two kleenex boxes so we're doing this
0: yes we certainly are um (laughs) i mean where does one go from there really Except like straight into talking about this week, I guess. So
1: I mean, it was weird. There was lots of weird days off because of the weather.
0: Yeah. For, for those who, who work
1: regular jobs, <laughs>
0: people who leave their house to do their jobs. Um, the only thing that was weird about it for me is that John was home for one of those days when he's not usually so. But other than that, normal week for me. Lucky. And like, also additional like snow blowing and stuff had to happen earlier in the week. So fair, yeah, yeah. But other than that, the cold didn't didn't affect me much. Hey. So, so it never yeah. bothered
1: you anyway,
0: right? Yeah. Um. Wow. Speaking of Adina Menzel, Rent Live was a thing that happened since oh last we had a podcast. Um, I made it
1: through La Vie Boheme. I want everyone to know I made it through <laughs> La And then uh, Allie Macnick and I were fa- or Snapchatting back and forth about it. And I, after I went to bed, she sent me a Snapchat saying that I didn't miss much, but I had to go back and watch I'll Cover You Reprise when the video came out, which I did, and just cried yes. because... On top of that song already being emotional, it always makes me think about in high school, we did a fundraiser for our drama trip where we had our drama director, Ty Wesley, do like a one man show, like story night where he just told stories mm-hmm. and we sold tickets for $10 each. And he also like sang some of his favorite songs from his repertoire. And one of them is I'll cover you reprise. And I just remember holding my friend Claire's hand and just crying because he sings that song so well because that man has an amazing voice. And I just associate it on top of already being like an incredibly sad beautiful moving song with that lovely memory of uh that moment in time so yeah but
0: um, otherwise it did, was a thing it, yeah i watched it A few days delayed because it's John's favorite musical. And so obviously I would watch it with him and he's been busy because he's in a show right now. And so we watched it um, a few days later. And I got to say, it wasn't as bad as the commentary online led me to believe. Yeah. So it could
1: have been worse.
0: It way could have been worse, especially considering, like, having the full knowledge of the fact that, like, it wasn't live. It yeah. was a recorded dress rehearsal, which no matter how exciting it is to have any kind of audience in front of you, none of those people thought that this is what was going to go in front of, you know, millions of viewers watching on uh Fox. So... It's different. It's a different energy. You could also tell that, like, a lot of their voices were tired. And that's yeah. the thing where, like, when you end up doing the the real show, your adrenaline kicks in because you know you're being watched. And so none of them got to have that experience until the last 10 minutes of of an actual live uh, performance where they could, like, bring their A-game because they knew it was the show. Like, it was opening yeah. night. And in like, opening and closing night for them in that situation. So... It, uh, I, I have to say, um, for those of you who have taken our advice to listen to the Pod Save America canon, um, the Love It or Leave It, one of the rants was about Rent Live, and I just fully endorse what the guests at Love It or Leave It said about that particular thing. So just go listen to that and you'll understand why I still think um, it was worth doing. and um, And not as bad as everybody thought it was, despite the fact that it had Vanessa Hudgens in it. So... Hmm. I'm using her real name because people who listen to the podcast won't know that I usually (laughs) refuse to even use her real name, and we replace it with any two words that start with V and H.
1: You mean vacuum hummus?
0: Yes. Or vapor rub hippogriff. (laughs) Anything.
1: (laughs) Oh, I would kill for some vapor rub right now. I, I did take the Dayquil that I bought at Festival Foods, which to point to the level of sickness i am literally opened the box and like took it in the aisle is dayquil extra strength vapor rub brand dayquil it's it tasted disgusting but i just am desperate to feel and hopefully sound better so hopefully i don't sound too awful i'm trying no you Um, can
0: hear in your voice that something's amiss but it's it's fine it's fine it's Um, fine It's fine. So, yeah, um, other than that, uh, just, yeah, a weird week, but very weird, sort of uneventful at the same time.
1: Yeah. And for me, until I got to Friday.
0: Because
1: I went to the Marquette hosted Milwaukee City Hall student congressional debate tournament, uh, which Amy Geiser always does an amazing job hosting. And it was very cool because Mayor Tom Barrett, mayor of Milwaukee, did an introduction speech. And then the city clerk, I'm going to look up his name right now. It is Jim something very hard to say or Zewski, maybe. Let me just keep butchering that until I find it in my Facebook Keep scrolling. Um,
0: Prime podcast Ozarsky. content. I'm going to
1: say Ozarsky, Um, but he is a Marquette Forensics alum who always swears in the students and gives a little like pre-speech that I've talked about before, but it's always lovely and great. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just uh, a grand old time at Congress. But then we drove from Congress back to Sheboygan. Stopping at Cops because I told my kids if they all gave a speech, I would buy them Cops custard. Uh, Took two lactates to treat myself to half of a scoop of chocolate custard. Uh, And then I got back to my house at around 1045-ish. And then I was up again at 430 to get on a bus because I went to Sun Prairie yesterday, whereas Mm -hmm. you were at Winniconnie right and
0: you're jumping the boom boom gun we're not ready to talk about saturday yet because you haven't told the story of how your congressional debate trip started
1: oh but it's embarrassing okay fine (laughs) that's why you have to
0: on the podcast
1: oh okay so we
0: Time you had an embarrassing story and we forgot to bring it up
1: yeah i do
0: so it needs to happen this time despite your illness
1: we rent a van when we go to Congress because I don't drive a vehicle at this point in my life. And the van that the school has on site at South does not become available until at least 2 p.m., if not later. And I wasn't having that. Registration started at 315 for the Congress tournament. I wasn't going to wait around for them to release the van to us. Renting a van only cost us 50 bucks. So I went... Uh, ben picked me up from work, dropped me off at Enterprise, a 40 minute long process of them trying to get the rental taken care of. I get into the van. I drive the van all the way back to work. I work for another two hours. I then drive the van from my place of work to South High. I get four blocks away from South High and look into the back of the van to realize that there are no seats. <laughs> there are no seats in the van. It's just it's just basically a cargo van. And I, I literally, I am on the same block that South High is and then just have to drive past it to go back to Enterprise, walk in, and I'm like, hey, I was just here two hours ago, rented the uh, Dodge Caravan. There are no seats in it. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're all stow and go. So then she has to come out and help me lift up every single one of the seats, one of which got stuck and took both of us to, like, Pull it up out of it. It was a hot mess.
0: So there were seats there.
1: They were just all in the ground of this (laughs) van. They were in the van ground.
0: In the van ground. And how much (laughs) if you had to add up the minutes that you were driving that car.
1: Oh, I spent a full half hour in that piece (laughs) before I realized anything was amiss. I was so in my own. I was one in my feelings and two in my illness. So I was not even concerned until all of a sudden I realized I had to put high schoolers in it. And there were no ding dang seats in that thing. And I felt so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'll just I guess I'll just I'll just. Go get some jump ropes from the P.E. department and just strap them in. And then I felt like an idiot when I got there. She's like, oh, yeah, they're all stow and go. And I was like, how was I supposed to know that? Because first of all, there were still those like little bars. So I thought maybe in the back they would be stow and go. But I thought that the like, are they called pilots chairs? I don't car. Mm -hmm. But I thought that those maybe would be missing. But no, those were also just deeply stow and go because they were like underneath a giant mat that then they were stow and go under. And so I just in felt really stupid. Ground. Yeah. In the in the ground of the van.
0: <laughs> it was a moment. Oh, It's such a good story. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Um, and for anybody else who rents a vehicle, when you're doing the inspection, an important part of, you know, walking around it and making sure the tires have air and there's no scratches that you're going to get charged for later and that the previous person returned it with gas. Also, check to make sure there's seats. Somewhere to check put to the kid, make kids. sure somewhere to sit in the car that you are renting from Enterprise.
1: It was so dumb. So,
0: a good cautionary tale. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So, okay, now we can talk about Saturday because you and I did, okay. in fact, go to two different locations. Yeah. Um, you guys got up at the crack of down Yep, and drove all the way to the Madison area for Sun Prairie, which this is the first time I have not done that in several years because I was not traveling with Sheboygan schools yeah. this time around. Um, so how is that? That is always such a long... Long day, but well, every year was. we would assess: was it worth it? Did you think it was worth it?
1: Nothing is worth it to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, was, it was worth it for my kids. They had a good time, and we actually were more successful at the tournament than we normally are. Uh, one, because we were medium teams, uh, but two, I had some kids who uh, did really well. I had a kid go straight ones both in prelim and in power round, which, as friends people know, is a rare feat. So shout out to Jackson Wolf for going straight ones in poetry yesterday. Um, and it was nice to see the Madison area people. Uh, Peschel and uh, Elliot were both there. And also getting to see Rademacher on the circuit. And then the Wapaka contingency was down there. The Appleton East contingency came down. So... That was fun also because I had no real like judge friends to hang out with. I was just hanging out with my kids between uh, rounds and while waiting for stuff. And I haven't really done that in a while because I'm too busy talking to everyone else. And that was just really nice to get to hang out with them. But I was mostly just so miserable. And I had to judge around in the room of a, a woman. Her name, maybe I won't call her out. Where she, There were just hundreds of Care Bears, both in boxes and out of boxes, up on top of cabinets, on the floor, on her desk, mounted to the wall. There were just too many Care Bears. And I was just so sick. And my DayQuil had started to wear off. And I only had one packet of DayQuil left in my house yesterday morning. So I knew I was going to run out mid-tournament. And that was right when it was. And so my sickness was starting to settle back in. And I, I just couldn't handle it. It was too much. It was a lot. You, but overall, but again, it was a it good made day.
0: For, but it made for a very entertaining Snapchat.
1: <laughs> so then how was Winnicani for you?
0: So Winnicani, which is much closer to me than Madison. Um, I had a good time at Winnicani. I was only there as a judge. So I was judging for Wrightstown. Um, I got to see our Northern friends. Uh, Which is nice. I sat next to the Amherst folks. uh, So I got to kind of chat with just like a different group of people than I've been seeing the last few weeks. So that was really, really nice. Um, A shout out specifically to Koki Larson, um, who I had a chance to chat with. And uh, we were talking about stuff, and she was asking me, like, how Green Bay is. And then later came back to the conversation and was like, sorry if that was weird. I just know about your life because I listen to the podcast. And I was like, I assumed (laughs) I was like, there's really no other way you would have known all about all of that about me if you didn't. So, uh, so since she identified herself as a listener, she gets a shout out. Hey, Koki, Uh, we missed a shout out last week. Um, and so we need to shout out Ethan Hollenberger, who I saw again this weekend, though briefly at uh, at Winnicani, uh, who we chatted with last week at App East um, about the podcast. And apparently he likes to listen to our podcast at like one point five speed, which I don't recommend because obviously you want to enjoy the dulcet tones of our voices at normal speed.
1: Yeah, I also talk way too quickly. So he like played it for us on the speaker of his phone and it was awful.
0: Yeah, it was unintelligible. Um, (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that was. um, And then like I ended up not even getting a final round. I judged prose, poetry and Farago and then ate some lunch and then I wasn't used in a final round. Um, so I talked with Megan Hummich from Plymouth for about 30 minutes about how much I hate the booster club at my old school. And <laughs> cause if you get me started on that, I will talk for a while. Uh, but then we both realized like, wait, I don't have to be here. So I should leave. And I did. I went home, which Good was, which was nice. I used that extra time to get an oil change for my car. Wow, Which, so know,
1: productive.
0: Exciting stuff. Life in life as an adult is just so fun. So fun. So yeah, that was that was my tournament. I I don't can't comment on um how any of the teams there did because I left before awards. So, I don't know. Um as far as like well, I'm going to think do you do you know what your best thing you saw this week was? Yeah. You have picked it up. Okay, I'm going to let you go. And I'm going to think about mine just a little bit longer.
1: Okay. I, so I judged all four rounds yesterday, but I also, again, was just sick out of my mind. And while I saw lots of great stuff yesterday, the best thing that I saw yesterday was not in a round. My student Juliet has family that lives in the Sun Prairie area, and they came to visit her, and they brought her tiny seven-month-old baby cousin. And so the best thing I saw yesterday was her very cute, very adorable baby seven-year-old cousin with its giant chubby cheeks, and she let me do the thing to its cheeks where you push their cheeks closer to their mouth, and then it makes them, and then it goes all weird. And that was the best thing that I saw. Yep, yep, just like that. That's exactly what I did. You can't see it, but hopefully you can hear me doing it to my face. So... The best thing I saw yesterday was a seven month old baby.
0: Okay. Well, that's not fair because obviously that wins in a contest of high school forensics competitors. Um, I am going to say the best thing I saw yesterday was in competition and I'm going to give it, I I was kind of a toss up between a prose I saw and a Farago. I saw, I'm going to give it to the Farago. Um, because it I'm gonna give it solely to the performer's ability to speak with such empathy on a really difficult topic. Um it was one of two Farragos out of four that dealt with uh the sexual assault of minors. Um, oh. which you know how we love our controversial and sensitive subjects in forensics. And uh it uh She really, really struck the correct tone um, with just full of empathy um, and was able to to deliver that in a way that was affecting but appropriate. Um, And, you know, as an adult, sometimes it can be hard to listen to a teenager talking about something like that. And in this case, like. She made me feel it was okay to get lost in the story that was being told, even though the story is so uncomfortable and sad. And then on top of it, she used some Kelly Clarkson lyrics in her Virago, <laughs> which I was like, "You got me, girl. You got, you got me." It. Like, oh no! Did you see me walk in that room and add those at the last second? Because if you did, you got me, girl. <laughs> you got me. Um, but no, and and at first I was like, really. I don't know why I still have that bias against lyrics as as a form of poetry. But I was like, mm. she used just a little bit and it was used correctly and it, it did make the piece better. And there was a little part of my heart that sang when I when I heard those words. I was like, yay. Aww. I was like, you did it. And I don't hate it. So, so nice. I know. So good. So, yeah, that was um that was that was the best thing I saw. Um, but again, it, like there were some other things that I saw that I I could have uh, brought up as well. So but I'll give it to that one. Um, anything else that we want to talk about as far as. Um, the tournaments. Did you get any cheesecake? Is that a thing still or now that Elliot is no longer involved? No more cheesecake. None at all. Oh. Well, there wasn't cheesecake at our tournament either. So
1: oh. Yeah. No, no cheesecake. Sad. I just shook I just realized I was shaking my head a lot and not actually replying to your mm-hmm. question. <laughs> yeah, there was no cheesecake. Um, which is unfortunate, but I understand it's not it's not Elliot's lounge anymore.
0: So Right. Right. Well, the end of an era. I mean, also Indeed. like all the tournaments they ran and the great team they built and blah blah blah, blah, blah. but blah, 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 blah. yeah, no, more yeah, cheesecake. That's what we care about. Yeah. All right. Well, if we don't have anything more to share about the tournament, we are going to jump into the topic of this week. This week, we are discussing another categorious category: solo acting. So we're talking, we're talking solo hum and solo serious, and we actually have a special guest um, Uh who we're going to try to get on the line right now. And we are officially welcoming one Miss Allison Macknick to the podcast. Longtime listener, first time guest. Welcome, Allie.
2: Hello
0: we're so excited to have you and to talk to you specifically about some solo acting. Um, before we, we yeah, before we jump into that, why don't we give some people the background on like who you are and why we wanted to talk to you about this specific set of categories. So, um, where did you come from? What's your story?
2: Where did I come from? Um, my mom's name is Betty and my dad's name is Tom. um, (laughs) So, Kurt and Melissa were uh, my high school coaches. Specifically, Melissa was Sheboygan South. Um, Kurt did some work with me when I started doing more DI, um, like my junior and senior years. And they are just wonderful humans. And I continued on into forensics, into the collegiate level. And now... People pay me to act as a professional actor. So life is great. (laughs)
0: Yay! So she's got some chops. And you said you had an audition yesterday. How'd that go?
2: I did. It was long, which is really great that I did forensics because it prepares you for a long day of just sitting around, waiting to be seen for like five minutes. And then more waiting around to be seen for another five minutes. It was a lot of dancing. We did original choreography from the musical the prom on broadway right now I arms a loose tour it was really cool um did 30 seconds of singing 30 seconds of monologues and it was a good time it was long but it was a good time
0: how do they know professional what you can do with only that much time
2: it's it's really frustrating so um context it was the Illinois Theater Association Professionals. It's just statewide where a bunch of different professional theaters send representatives. They also send some from Michigan and Indiana. Um, you present up to 90 seconds of one song and one monologue of your mm. choice, which is a little frustrating in that there's such a wide gamut of different shows that you can audition for. You really have to pick like what's best for you or find a specific company you want to work with. Look up their season be like, I want to be in this show sing something according but also it's just such it can be such a crapshoot because you never know what they're looking for so you just have to pick something you like
1: to do that's overwhelming
2: it's a lot
0: i'm yeah i'm upset just listening to that
2: i drank a lot of chardonnay when i came home (laughs) good girl
0: awesome um well, let's talk about forensics. So, like you said, you did it in high school. You mm-hmm. then also did more forensics when you went to Ripon College. And you're going to be our expert today, specifically on Solo Serious, but we're also talking about Solo Humorous. So Yay! I look forward, I look forward to getting a fellow DI's thoughts on the other category. Um, but let's define yeah, you know- these categories. Wait, 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 wait. What were you going to say?
2: I was gonna say I don't think you can call me the professional on this, Mister State Champion.
0: Um, I got second place. <laughs> it was Did I second. Just remember place. Remember wrong? No, no, no. I should no. I should have been the state <laughs> champion, but I went overtime.
2: Oh, oh you're so the I, state champion of me. So, you so I
0: went straight to State twos. champion of our hearts. Yeah, yeah. So, but the two t-shirt. of the three judges tracked me down after like stopped me afterwards and were like, you would have gotten the one except you went over time, which was not my fault because this was back in the days where CFL and N- NSDA quals were 10 minute categories, but WFCA was still an eight minute category. So I was just used to doing my 10 minute cutting and then you go to state the weekend after and it was like, oh, shoot.
2: Wow, that's frustrating.
0: Yeah. So that's my history. So we just kind of jumped right in. That's my experience with Solo (laughs) Serious. I did it my senior year in high school and had a very successful year. Although, as we've talked about on the podcast, Solo Serious today is very different than Solo Serious was when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. It's different than like from my time to your time, Allie. And it's Mm -hmm. even more different now. So, um, what's your personal experience with the category, Melissa? And then we'll go back and we'll talk about. The definition. I,
1: yeah, I never did any acting. I ain't no actress, <laughs> but I have coached successfully a lot of DI. Uh, mm-hmm. I have had a national finalist in uh, dramatic performance at NCFL qualifiers, Evan Braun, uh, and then after that, I would say that Allison is probably my most successful DI slash solo serious actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because she was very consistently on the state level. Very, very good. And now she's like a real <laughs> actress. So like, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I'm nothing without you. <laughs> you get every Thanks credit. For that on the podcast for prosperity.
0: Yes. Um, and if I will I slip anything, in that as a coach. Like
2: anyone else.
0: That's true. Um, I will slip in as a coach. I have also had a state champion in DI, which I was very proud of. So, mm-hmm. um, So that was... That's fun as well. Um, okay, so now let's backtrack. Let's what are the categories? So we're talking about solo acting serious and solo acting humorous. Not much has changed since you were around Allie. So what's your definition of these two categories?
2: Oh, uh ten minutes of um a piece that has to come from a script, you know, cut down to that ten minutes. Um, make sure you find a really good arc in that ten minutes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's been a hot second. So, it's one, um, as far as I know, that those are some of the big points in order to qualify under DI or HI.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's one person, no costuming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, But you do have to, with your body, create a setting and character or characters um, and be able to tell a story. And that's really I mean, that's what that's what acting is, uh, no matter what the context. In the forensics context, it just means really no props, no scenery, no costumes. You just have to create all of that with yourself. And then supposedly solo serious is dramatic and solo humorous is funny. But oftentimes, oftentimes I find that. A humorous element in solo serious can be useful uh, because the best writers in drama use humor to break up the mood. You know, it's yeah. even even at ten minutes. Sometimes you need you need a, a little zinger here or there. You need to have a moment of levity in the midst of a lot of darkness and sadness. Um, and then on the solo humorous side, it's often just not funny. But that's my opinion, and I. I'm in the minority for most of that. <laughs> 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 Melissa, anything you would add?
1: Um, I do like on the WFCA website when they uh, are defining both solo acting, humorous and solo acting serious. Also, before we get too deep in, in the WFCA, we call it solo acting, humorous and serious. On the national level at NSDA, it is dramatic interpretation and humorous interpretation okay. or DI and HI. And at NCFL, it is called dramatic performance or D-P. So if you hear us using them interchangeably... DI and solo acting serious are the same thing and HI and solo acting humorous or solo hum are the same thing. Just so we're not confusing for people who are non-Wisconsinites because all of our stuff is confusing. Um, but uh, in the definitions on the WFCA website, uh, it points out... Uh, that it is a student by using self as a medium between the selection and the audience, the student shall use vocal and physical skills to develop a complete performance. And I really like that phrasing. So whoever came up with that phrase in the WFCA, maybe you're listening. Kudos to you. I really like that. Wow. Uh, I should have just so,
2: had you answer the question for me. Cause that's so oh no. much more concise.
0: I know she's no. all about the definitions. This series. She's like, I have I'd it like up in front of me.
1: The website, Okay. <laughs> I got the tab open. <laughs>
2: oh, hey, Tula. Oh, everyone. Um, This is my dog barking in the background. She's normally quiet, but she just wanted to let the sass out a little bit.
1: Yeah. If your dog did a forensics category, what category would she do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it, ooh, it would either be HI because she bounced off, off the wall, or group discussion, because she is the most extroverted being that i've ever known mm. she just wants to be around other people and talk to other people all the time
1: kurt would Old you like school. hi more as a category if 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 there were dogs
0: no <laughs> <laughs> why would that make it better
2: i don't know why would it not uh, Can um, you imagine having a dog in a di round Yes! Oh my God! So She's after like a big five, Barney's the just Being brought down with so much intensity—just oh for there to be a dog. Maybe there just needs to be a dog present in every room. Yes,
1: these ideas are great. <laughs> I'm bringing them up at the spring meeting. <laughs>
0: Y'all get ready.
1: I'm ready. Let's kay.
0: go. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about what it takes to be successful in these categories. And let's start with Solo Serious since we have Ali here. Um Ali, you found a lot of success in Solo Serious. Also Somehow. called DI. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What what did you work on when you were a student? Like what was your focus when you were trying to be successful? And how did you work towards gaining that success?
2: I think the biggest thing I had to work towards is internalizing each character and finding value in each characters that I perform story. Um, when I st- first started in forensics, I think I was focused so much more on presentation and looking good to judges that I really relied on that. And so Sirius kind of flipped me on its head and said, no nah, girl, you have to make this, you have to make this a moment. You have to make, you have to invest yourself into this piece to make others want to be invested rather than just look good. Does that make sense? Yeah, they're nodding. <laughs>
0: it's hard I to mean, know who should nodding. be the person to respond vocally. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, um, maybe if this helps, I wrote a lot of notes, and I legit wrote this down. Where did oh my it go? Gosh. Somewhere. Um, so this was you. the <laughs> the night before. I think my senior year of NSDA Nationals, I was in solo hum. And I was rehearsing my piece, and I was like really stuck in a rut. And I remember rehearsing in the hotel room with both of you. There was at one point, Kurt, you were like pushing me so hard. And at the end, you're like, "I found," I think the character's name was Zelda. You're like, "I found her for the first time," because I was mm-hmm. just kind of letting go of a lot of the techniquey things, a lot of like specific blocking, just a lot, stylistic things you were looking for, and just focusing so much more on you're like what my character wanted, what she needed and letting that drive all the way through. I probably mm-hmm. cried a little bit. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remember.
0: I have no memory of this, but I sound okay. like an a-hole.
1: No, no. Here's the thing. No, and that, no, and, and so why good. I remember. Yeah. I remember this practice because I, so I enjoy coaching, Solo acting, but I feel like solo acting, serious specifically, is the most easily translatable to actual traditional acting for lots of people. And I have Mm -hmm. no experience in theater on stage. I'm have i all about wearing all black, being backstage, giving me a mic pack, giving me a paintbrush. I'm your girl. (laughs) But when it comes to actual acting, I don't understand technique or anything like that, whereas... The two of you have both experience in that, especially now, Allie, but Kurt also has done lots of theater and has like actually like studied technique and works with directors. And so my that was a moment where I saw that I had reached my limit with you as a coach. And then Kurt got to come in and see. OK, well, here's a line you've gotten her to. I'm going to push her three steps forward. Hmm. Which was good for me because I, there, mm. I do reach a limit as a coach. I can, I can cut mm. a DI like no other, but I can't necessarily like pull out accents and help like with the idea of like the exercises one goes to to find those characters and sorts of things. I, I reach a limit being a non actor. Yeah personally well,
2: to your credit you did find some banger di pieces and you still continue to find banger di pieces
1: yeah that zelda that piece took me so long to cut though that piece took Allie and i literally two and a half weeks to cut down to 10 minutes it is because sometimes when you're cutting a piece it's just like a certain selection like a few pages that are all Mm -hmm. right next to each other or a monologue but that selection was truly from the entirety of that play like then mm-hmm. we like when we had to turn that piece into the NSDA before we went to nationals, we like Ali had to keep performing it for me and I had to go back and highlight it and like trying to go back and forth was a hot mess. But at the same time, like that's what makes it good. And that's what makes it easier to put to the real world is that it's actual acting that's happening. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would say in Solo serious those exercises, which are really all just related to character development, mm-hmm. they're very important. Um, So I think oh, you guys yeah. are talking about two different elements of success, which is, you know, the first one is finding a decent piece and cutting it yeah. so that it makes sense. And we talk we've talked mm. about that in other categories. We will talk about that in future categories. But like finding that piece that uh that makes sense and fits into 10 minutes and tells a full story is important here there's an added element though that i think is really important in solo acting that is maybe more important than in other categories which is being able as an actor to find your way into the material Mm. and so that doesn't necessarily mean that like the character on the page is like you it doesn't mean like. You have to find, uh, you know, a a girl from the Midwest who is your same, you know, height and skin color or stuff like that. Um, but some part of the story, whether it, the person has anything to do with you, like as a, as a, a, like how someone would describe you some element of their experience, you need to be able to understand,
2: um,
0: in order to access what you were talking about, Allie, which again I, I don't remember that specific experience uh, with with great detail, um, but I do remember having that moment with a lot of young actors, yourself included, mm-hmm. that moment of just like a breakthrough where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're not Allie in front of me anymore. Something just mm-hmm. switched up. A little piece of Allie was the spark to create yeah. Zelda. And I remember that piece and I remember it being very good. Um, so I I wish I could remember more of that specific experience because. But I think that just means like I've 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 had a wealth of great coaching experiences with lots of different kids, some from my team and unfortunately some mm-hmm. from other teams. Um, mm-hmm. I love I love what Melissa said about sometimes needing to know when it's time to pass the kid on to somebody else. Cause I've had that experience too, where it's like, I think I've given you what I can and somebody else's eyes need to be on you and you need to start working with, with another set of opinions because I've taken you as far as I can take you. And that's that, that isn't related just to solo serious, but I think it's a really great coaching lesson uh, for people to take with them. Um,
2: Yes. I mean, I'm going to have to retell you that story and make you remember because it was memorable, Kurt. But I'm going to pretend that you remember it for the sake of right now.
0: (laughs) I do. I mean, again, I remember the piece and I like you have a fond place in my heart because I, I remember you being a great young actress and and wanting to encourage you to give it a shot. Um, because I thought there was something about your talent and ability that deserved to have the chance to go see if it could be your job. And look at you now. Surprise. You're doing it. So, yeah. so that's important. It's a big part of coaching is making sure that you tell kids when you think they can be successful in something.
1: <laughs> and Don't so- keep that... To yourself. Yeah, no. Give it away. (laughs) Give it away now. Um, So as a. (laughs) As we continue just talking about how successful and great you are. um, Do you have tips for students who are in solo acting to help make their practice sessions feel like like ways to make their practice sessions feel worthwhile and like tips to help push them forward? Because we're starting to get into the beginning of the season. Now we're transitioning to the middle and. Mm -hmm keeping things fresh and interesting oh gosh um like you said kurt before
2: here tula have this chewy um kurt like you said before get your piece in front of multiple eyes um just getting different perspectives can really help shape a piece um, be ready to let certain parts go there could be parts of your piece that you love but if they're not helpful in telling the story if they're just even adding too much time, you have to let it go for the sake of the whole piece. Um, What's another thing? Also, if you're looking for like a piece in general, don't be afraid to find a piece that doesn't, I guess as I like to call it, hit like a check mark or like hit a certain point. You know, things that have like talk about disease, death, violence, sexuality. You don't necessarily have to find a piece like that to pull heartstrings and get people invested in a piece find something that you connect with and you think is worthwhile sharing with others
0: Mm. I like that notion find something worthwhile that's good um I know one thing that I do like to do with uh kids as they're practicing um is to just kind of sit down and ask questions as though they, they were that character um, and get them to examine a little bit more of like the background of the person or like okay. what their day was like. And so often in solo acting, solo serious acting specifically, because in humorous is, is such a different animal at this point. Um, but the the notion of like, what is this setting? when so many solo series pieces are just monologues where they're talking to an audience, it's like, you still have to give me some sense of like what time does this person exist in? Like where in the world are they? Um, Why are they telling this story? You know, it's like, what would compel them to share all of this deeply personal information or this really tragic story? Like, who are they talking to? And if there's no sense of that, if the actor hasn't thought of it at all, you can really tell as an audience that that examination hasn't happened.
2: Yeah. And I guess with that, whatever piece it is, I hope you better hope you like it because you're going to have to really dive into that piece So much deeper than you think you're going to have to in order to find that depth.
0: And it's a really unique experience, uh, solo serious acting in forensics for a young actor, because there's really not any other area of acting where you spend this much time focusing on this much material like you spend your whole year working on 10 minutes of acting and constantly improving it and getting feedback and changing and keeping it fresh I mean other than being one of like the very few fortunate people who get to perform on Broadway when they're that young and get to like do a role for a year Mm -hmm. Like most teenagers don't get that experience of like, I'm going to focus on this for eight months and make it the best it can possibly be by the time I'm done with it. So it's an acting exercise for sure, just to do the category. So, oh
2: my gosh. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk about HI? Even though I never did it, I admired every single person who ever did because it terrified me.
0: Agreed. And I this is so where I'm going to roll I it on. A- Getting you to do it.
2: <laughs> I'm I I think I dealt with, like, too much self-doubt. I was like, no, I can't do pops. I just want to make people cry.
1: Yeah, we we had a conversation, I think it was before your junior year, where we were like, do we want to try H.I.? It could be really fun. And you were like, or it could be really awful. Let's not. And I was like, let's not. I think we did, like, a mildly humorous poetry that year instead.
0: I slash, think we did. yeah, and
1: also we we got we got your your humor out more when we did your duos with Mackenzie. Is where we played more into your humor when you would have someone else there mm-hmm. to fail comedically with you if it happened, rather than having to stand on it by yourself. And I think that's one of the things that is really scary about HI is that it's hard to make it actually traditionally humorous. Like it's not mm-hmm. always full of like, LOL LMAO moments. A lot of the times it's just it like interesting rather than traditionally funny. So it can be really scary to ask kids to do it because you have to stand up there all by yourself and put, it's a different kind of vulnerability from solo serious or DI because it's a different part of yourself that you're putting out there. And also I think that the physicality of HI is what scares people away. (laughs) 100%.
2: 100%. Also on that fun story, A DI that I did my freshman year of college um, at Ripon College. I actually quarterfinaled with it at Nationals, but then turns out, like it was either last year or the year before, some girl at NSDA High School Nationals did that same piece as an HI, and I think she got like fourth. I don't even remember the title of the piece. So I am so sorry, everyone listening. But that just goes to show you how much finding a good piece can go into doing a successful di or hi and especially hi doesn't have to be traditionally funny you can make it funny yeah it can be dramatic with funny bits and it still worked and i sat there my little sister texted me about it and i said oh my gosh
0: Yeah, (laughs) I have some thoughts about that because I remember that very clearly. I also remember that you came and you performed your version of that piece for us at Forensics After Dark, and it was very, very good. And I enjoyed your performance of the piece immensely. And I saw that. And I I do not want to disparage the young woman, and I don't like she was a very talented young person. And I wish her coaches had had led her down a different path because The story that that piece told was about a mother coming to grips with her gay son. Well, actually, it was like her gay children. It was like multiple children all came out to her. Right. That's the one we're talking about.
2: One was gay. One's um, transgendered, like literally every tick mark in the LGBTQIA, every single one.
0: (laughs) And as a gay person, I found her humorous interpretation of that piece deeply offensive because it dealt in nothing but unfortunate stereotypes that I sat in a room and watched hundreds of people laugh at these offensive stereotypes of LGBTQ people. And I didn't love it. I didn't think it was great. And I was really unhappy that a piece like that in that context had made it to finals at CFL and then found out she made it to finals at NSDA as well. Not because the girl wasn't talented and not because she didn't deserve success. Again, I do not disparage her, but context is really key. Yes, that piece was humorous. The mother's reactions to her kids coming out in all of these different ways was meant to be funny. But if you take out the human element, if you take out the genuine despair of the mother feeling those things and then accepting the kids anyways at the end, when you take that out. To me, it, it, it just became... Like the heart was gone and then it was offensive and then it was hard to like. And then it was like later that I got to see you do your version of it. And I was like, oh, this is what it's meant to be. Because in in that category, you were allowed to be both serious and funny. So all the the punchlines landed. It was still funny, but there was heart. There was heart with humor versus stripping out the emotional context to just make it silly and fun. And again, relying on those stereotypes that I really strongly disliked. And I will say for the third time, I don't mean to disparage that very talented young actress. I just didn't mm-hmm. like how that piece was used in that context. Well, what a fascinating example. Thank you for bringing that up.
2: <laughs> this is my level of humor. And I like how we just went straight into it. Too taboo for the tab room. Moment. So oh, true. Right,
0: allie McAn, anyway. proving it. she listens to the podcast. <laughs> hey.
2: I'm just here to. Okay,
0: Melissa, I need because again, I'm I'm not a solo hum aficionado. I never did it, and haven't really coached a lot of successful solo hums at all either. So. When you're choosing the piece, what do you look for when you're trying to find a solo hum piece?
1: I am looking for a piece where humor can be found outside of the text. A lot of people do HIs where all of the humor is in the script, and that's not what makes a good HI or a solo humorous. A good solo humorous is a piece where there are parts of it that are funny that the author already gave you, but there are places where you get to, exp- like, expand my words are gone where you get to take on and bring more into it than the author has provided it's the interp aspect of it when it's humorous interpretation uh so you want to you want to find a piece where you know get that voice where you know that you (laughs) have moments that you and the student performer can add on to it where what they are doing is funny without even necessarily having to say something Uh, And it's funny without having to be offensive about it, because sometimes people do things where the script is really plain, but they choose to do an offensive accent or a mildly offensive interpretation because they think that that's what's humorous. And that's not humorous at all. Also, you don't want there to be too many character changes in it, because I think people take on too many characters in solo hum, and then it can be really messy and hard to follow. And then the physicality ends up being really distracting away from the actual content of the piece
0: so true, so that's and that's one of the things I struggle with <laughs> that's that's one of the things I struggle with with Soham is sometimes I'm so distracted by all of the changing characters that I don't have time to like any of the changing characters. That's and I fair. think that's that's important too. Like you have to like some of these people to then be able to feel comfortable laughing at or with them, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Is that fair? And I, yeah, and I, and I do think as as it is in Di, where a lot of great uh, a lot of great solo acting series has moments of lightness. That there should be moments, not necessarily of darkness, but moments of like heart, like. Mm-hmm. People have made fun of me before and Allie knows this is true. I love an HI that ends with an aw. No! <laughs> that's my favorite kind of HI where you've laughed and laughed and laughed and then it ends with like a just like a nice heartwarming moment. So that's my kind of HI. <laughs> Cuz I feel like I mean provides- I would balance. Yeah.
2: I would rather watch something funny that gives me different levels and ends on a good note rather than I'm just here to pull out as many funny gags as I possibly can. Please like me. Yeah. And I feel like that's the big trap that A lot of hi students fall into
1: it's like when you're watching a lip sync on rupaul's drag race there should be at least a little bit of something but if there are too many wig reveals and too many outfit changes it's distracting away from the art form of the moment you know
0: a very cogent simile thank you
1: if you're gonna do a good pop just make sure that wig is glued down glue it Please. Um, but on the notes of popping, this is a question that I get asked all the time and actually shout out to John Balseric from Wauwatosa East who emailed me a few weeks ago being like, how do you actually like coach the physicality of HI? I break. You should break it down. You want your head slash shoulders slash neck to be doing something. <sighs> you want to change something from the waist or the hips, something from the knees and or something from the feet. And if you choose different positions for each of those levels, that's how you can determine different characters. So you can have a shoulder hunched and a hip push forward and knees splayed out over toe, sort of like, second position in ballet or you can have a foot out to the side with a hip popped to the other side and once you break down the different levels that the body can be snapping and popping is so much less scary than just trying mm. to like go in and just move your body around and hope for the best but if you break down the individual sections and levels of the body it's so not that scary y'all it's not i promise
2: yeah it's not and if you do it enough, you get to develop muscle memory. 100%. Um, I, th- I think I did this uh, a little in high school, but my coaches in college focused a lot on this. We would literally just be in the middle of we're practicing some other piece or doing something else. And they would literally just shout to us the char- a character that we're supposed to pop into. And immediately you just drop the hat and just do it. And then they will shout another one, and just do that. Once you focus on just getting the muscle memory of those pops, I say, as someone who's never done HI before, <laughs> um, it actually it becomes so much more easier, and it gives you once you get the muscle memory, it gives you more much more freedom to add on and to play with it.
1: But to be fair, even though you have not done HI, you did pop in and out of characters when we did duo. And I mm-hmm. I do make especially in duo, it's important to me that both people in the piece know all of the lines and each other's characters and positions and stuff. And that mm-hmm. would be a game that we would play where I would we would just like catch up yeah, about our day and gossip but we would do it in characters from each other's pieces. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being bored very much.
0: <laughs> That's awesome advice. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or make that the title of your memoir. I don't like being
1: bored very much. Oh, I've got so many other good memoir titles with a lot more cusses in it. Don't you worry, girl.
0: She's got a lot of memoirs Wow, I'm so sorry I
1: submitted that one. (laughs) But I'll add that to the list just for you. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the things that people like assume about DI and HI or like believe that DI and HI need that we 100% don't agree with and need to call out. I don't think that DI is always 100% supposed to make you cry. I don't. I think it's great yeah. when it does, but I have seen really nuanced, sort of quiet DI's that have just been just deeply engaging, but not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, sob-worthy.
2: Yeah. Fair, yeah. Um, Kind of like I said before, you don't have to have a piece that hits a certain check mark. It doesn't have to talk about cancer, race, whatever. Legitimately one of the best pieces I ever saw. And I wish I knew the name. It was about this. It was a weird little story about this bird girl who wanted to have wings. And the entire last five minutes is this bird girl getting her wings. And the amount of joy on this particular performer's face just physicalizing her getting wings as weird as it sounds blown away didn't have any of those it wasn't anything conventionally sad or dramatic but it was just done so well so kind of like you don't have to find something that necessarily makes you cry but you have to find something that's compelling and something that you're going to be invested in
1: Ooh, I think compelling is the word we've been trying to hit for a while now. We have not hit. But yes, great D.I. is always (laughs) compelling. You did it. She brought the air horn noise.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I feel like earlier in the conversation, Melissa, you dispelled one of the myths about solo hum, which is that there have to be 20 characters. Yes. Like a solo hum with three or four i do think it's one of the the hallmarks of solo hum that you are going to display a few characters like that that popping that quick switch but from character to character i do think is a hallmark of solo hum and if you want to be really uh successful in it at the highest levels you need to do that but it doesn't need to be 20 people I've seen really great solo hums that are four, five characters um, and they're all done really effectively and cleanly and they're great. They're fun. And then you get, you actually get to know who each of these characters are and you can start, you can tell them apart by the third or fourth minute of the piece. And then you're just enjoying it the rest of the way. If you're constantly introducing new people throughout, you never really catch up. And that's when like, I find myself sometimes appreciating solo hums the second or third time I've seen them, whereas I just don't even understand them the first time around if they're overly complicated. So I would say that's something about like solo hum that I appreciate that you said, so then I didn't really have to say it, but I did want to reiterate <laughs> it.
2: Ooh, another um, myth I just thought of. Your piece doesn't have to have like a special... I guess like a special talent for lack of better words, you don't have to sing beautifully for it to be great. You don't have to do like this one really cool dance move. You don't have to like, I mean, if you got it in your back pocket, like great, pull it out. But your piece doesn't need it for it to be enjoyable and incredible and worth
1: watching. Amen. Yeah. All right. We've we've talked about it a little bit, but let's talk about HIs and DIs slash solo acting series slash humors that we've seen that were incredible. Um, one that we talk about a lot with our kids is a DI from national finals, I wanna say like two thousand like nine or something like way far back. I don't even know how far back this was, but um it's called the heroin diaries and it's about a rock star dealing with addiction. And it is just a lot of it is the physicality of him actually injecting heroin into his arms. Not actually, but like the Hmm. action of doing it and the entire national finals audience sat in perfect silence every time he did this. So all you could hear was his breathing and you could like feel the tension in his body. And like, it wasn't like him dying from the overdose or anything like the drama was in the journey of his addiction. And I just was so in it the whole time that I had stopped breathing. And it's those things where you go to clap and you realize that you had been forgetting to breathe. So you're like trying to get your breath caught up. And uh, it was just so good. It was just so good. And I've looked up now and it's from 2012. DI Finals, NSDA 2012.
0: Um, okay, so I'm going to go against type and talk about a solo hum performance that <gasps> I really... Oh, my
2: God. No,
0: no, shocking. And you, you probably already know which one I'm going to talk about, Melissa, because I brought it up so many times in like the 10 years since we saw it. But the solo hum at NSDA Nats in Birmingham of Dora the Explorer, I think is so effing funny and I don't think most things are really funny. And here's what was so smart about that, which is that it's a, a humorous piece about characters that even though I don't have kids and I've never watched an entire episode of Dora the Explorer, I knew enough about it because it was such a part of the zeitgeist at that point in time that like I had easy access to why that interpretation was funny because I knew enough about the show to understand, like, okay, Dora is a kid with a magical backpack and magical tools, and they go on silly adventures. And then she was able to morph all of those people with a really simple concept. She just reimagined it as though Dora was grown up instead of being a kid. Yep. And like, you I change the context of Dora. You change the context of Dora being a kid to Dora being an adult and having to deal with all these nutty animals and crazy things popping out of her backpack and like gradually getting frustrated about this crazy world she has to inhabit as a grown up. Hilarious. So well done. So clean. We got to see her performing against um, Mackenzie in. One of like I don't want to say the the octo final quarterfinals. So got, mm-hmm. was it quarterfinal that she was in with mm-hmm. her? Okay. Um,
1: yep.
0: And so like we got to see it up close, and then we got to see it on the big stage, and it was great both ways. So it was just yep. all around like one of the best, if not the best, solo hum performance I've I've ever seen, and I recommend it to people to watch all the time. Like people who don't know what forensics is, I'm like start with this. Because most people will get it. Even if they don't get forensics, they'll immediately understand what's going on because of the easy in of understanding what Dora the Explorer is. So I'm gonna that is that's I think it's it's called like Ten Best Adventures or something like that, because that was what the script was actually titled. Um but it's it's available on YouTube and I highly recommend you go watch it because I think it's very funny.
2: It took me about half of Kurt's Description of it for me to remember what it was, but legitimately, it's so hilarious. And it really matches uh Melissa's advice about you don't have to find a piece that has like all the funny bits already laid out for you. She added so much on her own. You layering. laugh at
1: a, at a girl blinking. Like the way that she blinked in the performance was so funny. Like that's the yes! part that I remember is her just standing there and blinking
0: so funny yeah
1: <laughs> makes me so mad I agree it was so
0: good um so Allie what what's a performance you remember
2: of H.I.
1: or D.I.
2: or D.I. oh my gosh um there was one oh um a couple years ago um it was like my freshman year of college when I interned for the NSDA and they had me actually film a uh, Semifinals for H.I., and I think she only got maybe, she got like fourth or third place, and I don't remember the particular student's name, but she did an H.I. of She Kills Monsters, which was really trans, just personally it was transformational because I'd never heard of that play before. I did end up doing it later in college, um, but just that piece I thought was so well cut after I did it and realized oh my gosh, the amount of work that went into breaking such a nuanced piece down to 10 minutes is a credit to her and her coaches. Um, And I just thought it was really cool to see a piece like that that wasn't so like, wasn't a traditional HI in that like it didn't have like a lot of those particular funny gags and it had a lot of heart in it, which was really nice to see in an HI.
1: Because we like an awe moment
2: also just got really excited because i taped her in semi-finals and then i saw her go to finals and i was like and i went up to my boss i'm like can i please go watch finals for this girl
1: i think you came and sat with us didn't you i think i did yeah i think i did i did i did i did that is the
0: hallmark of a really great piece like i just saw it but now i want to go watch it again
1: Yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah
0: yeah that's great Well, I want to just thank you so much for giving of your time and joining us today, Allie. It's been such a pleasure having you with us.
1: Do you have any upcoming uh, Chicago performances that you want to plug on our podcast, just in case anyone wants to come down and see you in the theater? Well, uh, if I do,
2: I will let you know. Right now, we are in the thick of audition season, which is basically January through March. Things are booking for summer stock. Christmas shows, new TV shows, new films. So the fact that I have a Sunday free is quite nice. And I'm glad I did so I can talk with y'all.
1: Yay!
2: Uh, Right now it's hitting pavement. Uh, Kiddos out there, if you are interested in becoming a professional actor, if you're part of your theater program, even if you're not on a forensics team, just give DI or HI a try. It will help your acting so immensely. There's a lot of skills that I learned from that, that I still hark on now uh, doing this professionally.
0: You heard it here first, folks. Great advice. I love that. Um, Well, thank you again for joining us and do let us know what you're up to so that we can let all of our listeners know what you're up to and they can see the great work that you're doing.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So. Thank you, Allie. Of course, you guys.
0: Talk to you again soon.
1: (laughs) Bye, (laughs) y'all. Forensics Faces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by JJ Hammeister.
0: If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at forensicsfaces.com.
1: You can also find links to all our social media accounts and our online merch store by visiting forensicsfaces.com. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen. Listen, think and speak,
0: preferably in that order.